I, I don't know of a better chapter to be in today after what we saw this week than the, the Hall of Faith. It's, called, it's been called God's Westminster Abbey of the Bible. Now, you know, it's Westminster Abbey is where they bury famous people. Westminster Abbey, Christian famous people. This is the Hall, the hall of Faith, chapter 11 of, of uh, Hebrews is the Westminster Abbey of the Bible, if there ever was one. And he goes down through these 17 named people. And it's verse 20 we're going to pick up. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Isaac's the fifth person mentioned. Um, that goes back uh, into Genesis there. And in the next verse, by faith, let me see what we got here. Yeah, we got 20. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning on the top of his staff. Well, that's pretty much all you get. That's, there was my wife to say, you only get one line for a whole life. My wife was reading through the genealogies and said, you know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat. And so, you know, she says, all you get for living a whole life is so And then the woman's not mentioned. It's just the man. She said, I never saw a man beget anybody. Well, <laughs> shouldn't have eaten the fruit. You've been better off. Okay, verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Joseph was one of the few people in the Bible that nothing bad is said about Joseph. Nothing bad said about Daniel either. But the rest of everybody, about everybody else in the Bible, they had bad things that they did and, and said and happened to them. I never, there's nobody in the Bible with as much faith in a hard spot than Joseph. Joseph should encourage you and I as we enter in, if we enter into a hard spot here. I don't think you could be more despondent if you wanted to be than Joseph could have been. Mom and dad gone, brothers hate him, you know, uh, sold him into slavery, goes into Egypt, he goes, starts working for a guy, does pretty good, gets to be the head of the guy's whole house, and then his wife lies about him and gets thrown back in jail. Now he's a nobody back in jail to rot, just basically stay the rest of his life and rot and die. Remember, no doctor, no health care, nobody looking over you, except God. And uh, Joseph, look away, turned out. Verse 23. By faith, Moses. Now, Joseph gets one verse. Jacob gets a verse. Isaac gets a verse. I believe Abraham had 12 verses. He's the number one mentioned man. And it says in the Romans 4, he's the father of all the believers. So he's number one. Abraham believed God and has counted him for righteousness. He was willing to sacrifice his only begotten son. He, he actually in his mind killed his son. Believing he would be resurrected. Having that kind of faith. You, people, and I say this, excuse my repetition, but repetition builds learning. How'd you learn how to read? Repetition. How'd you learn how to write? Repetition. How'd you learn math? Repetition. How'd you learn anything? Repetition. Um, and so you, sometimes I re, I'll repeat good things, and maybe they'll get in. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not accusing you. But uh, Abraham believed God, 
And uh, may we believe him. A good way to pray is say, give me some of the faith of Abraham. Give me the faith of Abraham. Uh, give me the faith that these boys had as they go down through here. Joseph. Now we go by faith Moses. When he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now I want you to look at it, and they were not afraid of the king's command. They disobeyed the government. They disobeyed the government. The king said, kill all the male children. Now he was the kind of king where he cut your throat if you didn't do what he told I mean, just he had absolute power. And yet with absolute power, they wouldn't violate God's word. In other words, God's command is higher than the king's command. I think we're going to be... We're going to be flushed out. The church is getting flushed. I said not flushed out, not in a bad way, but getting purged out. Um, God commands us, same book, Hebrews 10.25, not to forsake ourselves assembling together. He doesn't say don't forsake yourselves assembling together if there's a a danger. In other words, there's no caveat or listing of things that you can disobey that verse on. Just meet together. It's good for you. You need it. God will protect you. If you caught something here and died, you just get to go to heaven. Let's quit acting like we don't believe in heaven. We sing the song. We're enthused about it. You say, I don't want to go to heaven. You may want to if you knew the future. You may want to go to Canada even. That's, that's really desperate. But anyway, you know what I'm saying here. It's just you got to believe God. They were they were willing. Now P- Peter, you know, Peter said to obey God or man. You choose. They said, don't preach or teach in the name of Jesus. You know, don't do this stuff. Don't make mention. Uh, that may be coming down the chute for us. Uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta get ready. We gotta get our mind right. We're gonna obey God over man. And you say, well, you'll go to jail. You will, but you got a ministry in jail. Enough of us get in jail. We can have we can do this right here. Well, not the women won't be here. They'll separate the men from the women. But just, you girls can have Bible study every day. Moses, number eight mentioned, six verses about him. He's the second most mentioned in the chapter. This faith was not Moses really, was it, in that verse? Or was it his mother and father, Amram and Jochebed? It was really the faith of Amram and Jochebed, who had the child and hid him, disobeyed the government, and hit him thinking, why did they hide him? Why did they make that whole deal and hide him? What was the point of him putting him in the reeds? Put him in a little basket in the reeds. You ever heard of the Nile crocodile? What was the point of that? They were just desperate people, desperate times. And they didn't and wasn't willing to kill him. But they didn't know maybe God would do some crazy, and, and God did some, if I say crazy, miracle. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Come to years, meaning he became a young adult or an adult. They said, well, you're the, you know, you're the uh, son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was big. There was a lot went with that. There was a lot of prestige went with that. A lot of reputation went with it. Most of the time when you and I have a choice of reputation, good reputation or no reputation, you'll choose good reputation. You know what I'm saying about that. In other words, he had a choice to make. He could say, yeah, I'm the son of Pharaoh's daughter, 
And everybody goes, oh. Or he could say, no, I'm not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm the son of a Hebrew, which were slaves. Look what he chose. Verse 25. Oh, I can look right here. It's right in front of me. I keep looking over here. Choosing rather to suffer. I'm, I've got five things I'm going to mention, and I want, who's good at writing on the board? Anybody good at writing on the board? Are you good at writing on the board? Do we have a teacher, an old teacher, good at writing on the board? An old, well, I mean, if I said young, I'd be lying. But uh, uh, would you be willing to write? Not write yet. Not, just have a seat. Have a seat. Just think of it. I'm going to have you write on that whiteboard right there. Uh, these things, if, but you've got to write fast. This could be a bad idea, but we're going to see what happens. Um, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He was willing to leave self-comfort and his comfort zone. I want this kind of, I mean, man, this is, this is just huge. Now you understand why he has six verses, not just one. Uh, wow. He understood that the sin had pleasure. I use this often to people, young people especially. Sin offers pleasure. It offers excitement. It offers a thrill. But the consequences of it aren't worth the pleasure it offers. The short amount of pleasure it offers are not worth the consequences that come with it. I do a little podcast. If you, if you, how many here listen to my little 10 to 15, 20 minute, 15 minute podcast? Okay. I have a podcast I'm doing where I'm taking the 200, 200 and some of what I consider my most uh, uh, my best messages that God has given me through the years, I've collected them. And I'm putting about a 10-minute encapsulation of those in a, in a, and it's just, it's just verbal, no, no visual. And we're putting them in a thing called Wisdom for Your Walk podcast. And if you want to know how to find it and how to get it and all that, it's all free. You can get it with Chris. He'll be glad to show you how to do it, or Thomas, either one, show you how to do it. Uh, but the podcasts, I, I, I talk about this. Pleasure of sin for a season. The consequences of sin. He understood it. Now, how did he do that? He was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. And all he, the Bible says he, he was educated in all the wisdom of Egypt. That means they had like 10 major gods with, a, with many more minor gods. They were real materialistic. They were real superstitious. Um, had all kinds of false information, yet he was willing, but by the grace of God, he waded through all that. He identified himself with the Hebrews, and he understood there was a God. He understood that there were the pleasures of sin were but for a season, and that there would be a day of reckoning and answering, so he chose to follow God instead. Hmm. Verse 20, I think we're verse uh, 26 here. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. You say, now you understand, he's, this, this is forward thinking. How did he know there was a Christ coming? They knew. Abraham knew. Adam and Eve were told. There's going to come out of the seed of a woman one to crush the head of the serpent. That was passed down. It was not. I, I can't tell you exactly how they knew. Verbally, mostly had to be verbal because there was little written. 
And so Moses was part of the uh, writing of the first five books of the Bible, which really probably weren't written until Mount Sinai. They spent about two years at Sinai. And so here we go. He's, he's, uh, he couldn't have that, but he was given that understanding to approach to Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Treasures of Egypt, wow. Even in their ruins, to be honest with you, they're, they're breathtaking, aren't they? Aren't there, aren't there ruins of Egypt? Have you seen the burial place of Hatshepsut? I've been practicing that. Have you seen the burial place of Hatshepsut? It's unbelievable. You can take a virtual tour of it on, on your phone. They'll go room to room and take you a virtual tour of the tomb. It was massive of Hatshepsut. Just one person. I like that name. They just were phenomenal. They, and for the, he had respect and the recompense of the reward. He understood that righteousness had a reward. He saw heaven as real. By the way, no vision of people perish. Verse 27. Oh, I got it right in front of me. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, again, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. One of the uh, phenomenal, important, phenomenally important things to remember is that the visible things become visible in our lives. It'll change you. It, uh, to the degree that the invisible is invisible, is the degree that, or, or visible, is the degree that you live for Christ. How real are the things that are invisible to you? That's what I'm trying to say. The more the invisible is visible to you, the more you focus on the things which are eternal, because the things that are invisible are eternal, and the things that are seen are temporal. We know that. That's fact. Biblical fact. In other words, the earth and everything. The only thing in this room that's, that's, that's eternal is the Word of God and, and your soul. can't see the soul, and the Word of God is is maybe written down, but the Word of God really is also invisible. It's thought. And so here you go, the two things, he had that. He saw him as was invisible. And so um, we see in verse 28 here, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood destroyed the, that destroyed the firstborn, that, that he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Basically, the, this is the fifth thing that he did. He obeyed. So, here we go on the list. Number one, you're going to have five. So, start to reach the best you can at five. Help her bend that board wants to move around. Well, he's going to help you anyway. Uh, number one, refuse to be called. That's it. That's what I want you to put down. Refuse to be called. Can you read that? Well, she teaches ran right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, number two, suffer affliction. With God's people. I didn't know you were left-handed. 
How many people, how many people are left-handed in here? Were you, did they teach you to write with your right hand when you were in school? I've met a few people that when you were left-handed, they made you write right-handed when you were in school. Yeah. Okay, number three. Respect unto the reward. Number four. Not fearing... The king. And as a subtitle of that, just put a parenthesis under that, seeing him who is invisible. Seeing him. Seeing him who is invisible. And, and number five, <laughs> number five, obeyed. Obey. Yeah, that's the easiest one. You run out of ink anyway. That's it. So it could, for my sake, because this is who I am, I'm going to come down here. You go have a seat. Have a seat. Now. You did really well. You went uphill, but that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I like to do this, so I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, you know, I just took accounting. Okay, here we go. There it is. Can you see it? See it? Um, those are the five things he, he did that made the difference. He refused to be called. He had to identify with Christ. You've got to identify with Christ too. You've got to be willing to suffer as he was willing to suffer. You have to, to be willing to suffer, you have to understand the importance of the reward. How much Bibles devoted to the reward that's coming for those who love him. A lot of it. A lot of Bible. A lot of what Jesus talked about was a reward that was coming. A lot of what we see in the New Testament, the reward is coming. There's nothing wrong with looking forward to the reward, the heaven. Heaven is a wonderful place full of glory and grace. I'm going to see my Savior's face. You know, heaven is a wonderful place. You've got to look forward. So you refuse to be called. You're going you're to separate from the world. You're going to understand in separating from the world, there's going to be a certain amount of suffering come with that. You're going to, but you do that because you're going to have a respect for the reward that's coming. And, and you're going to, when, they, when they hear you do this, they're not going to like it. They're going to put fear in you. The devil's going to come by and whisper in your ear. Boys whispered in my ear this whole week. Sometimes I think it was audible. And fifthly, you just simply put your head down and obey. There it is right there. It's right out of the Bible. Right out of the book. How did, how did Moses do so well? He did those five things. Now, you're going to need God, and I'm going to need God to do that, because you're not going to do that without him. We're going to need some help. But I believe if we ask for help, God will help us to be that way. Uh, we can have the deliverance uh, by the grace of God. So, in, in uh, verse 29, we're going to go on here. We're going to finish this. No, we're not. No, that's, that's optimistic. By faith he passed through the Red Sea as a dry land, which the Egyptians saying to do were drowned. I got a little comfort this week by what's going on. The, the liberals are rejoicing. They're having a party. They're, they're just, you know, I don't watch TV. I have not clicked my TV on. 
I have not looked on my phone. I am in blackout because I can't stand to watch them rejoice, smile. Now we're going to be unified. Now everything's going. We're going to crush COVID. We're going to do everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be wonderful. It just rubs me so wrong. I just figure, why would I do that? Why would I sit there and listen to that? Right? I didn't watch before either much because they were just so wild about it. But uh, you remember when the children of Israel went on dry dry land through the Red Sea? They had the water on both sides. Grady McMurtry believes that God sent a very cold wind down through the Red Sea, that area of the Red Sea, and he drove the water up on both sides and froze it. And then the ground was frozen. It was dry. And they went across on dry ground. Because the Bible says when the sun came up, the Egyptians essayed to go across. Of course, as the sun came up, the thing melted down. It would have collapsed on them, took them all out. Took them all out. And the children of Israel, and this is God, right? He had the children of Israel see their dead bodies up on the shore. I took a little comfort on that. I thought to myself, in the end, every one of these people that's anti-God and for killing babies and for all this horror are going to be floating up on the shore. And I'm going to see it. The Bible promises you that. Now, I'm not the one getting vengeance. I'm not hoping for vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God killed the Egyptians. The children of Israel did not kill the Egyptians. Those people had abused them, had slayed them, had tortured them, had put them under rigorous labor, had laughed at them and mocked them and demeaned them. And the Bible said God made it where the children of Israel saw their dead bodies floating up on shore. I said, Amen. Amen. They didn't take their vengeance, and we're not going to take our vengeance either. We're going to let God take His vengeance on the things He knows about. We don't even know the depth of it. That's why we can't ever do our own vengeance. David, by the way, just about sinned on Abigail. Just about, just about took his own vengeance. Boy, God bless the woman, stopped him from taking his own vengeance because he would have been guilty. You can't take your own vengeance because you don't know enough. You don't know the depth and the height and the width of what's going on to be able to fairly and honestly judge it. You can't do it. You got to let God do it. I let God take your vengeance. So, uh, but, but God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay and I think when I read that verse there, I'm, I'm studying for the class, I'm going, wow, God, you know, you did that, didn't you? And you, you, you let them, now he wouldn't have had to let them see their bodies floating up on the shore. He wouldn't have had that at all, but he wanted them to see it. Because God wants you to understand who he is. That everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house, in my father's house, everything's all right in my father's house. Where there's joy, joy, joy. Heaven has not been impacted by what happened on Tuesday. And it won't be. So by the grace of God, we just keep trusting him, doing what we can. Uh-oh, oh, don't do it. Can put me back to that slide, would you? This thing won't go back. I don't believe this thing will go back. 
Verse 30, by, the, by faith the walls of Jericho, I got five minutes, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. This is the ninth mention Joshua here we're talking about. Do you think, have you ever thought about Jericho? I've been to, how many have been to Jericho? I've been to Jericho. Okay, Jericho. They had 80-foot walls. They, they estimated by what's there, their falls were possibly 80 feet. That's eight stories high. It was impregnable and unconquerable. It was the southern, it was the major city of the south. There was a Hebron, which was the major city of the north. I think it was that, that may have not been the name of that city. There was one major city of the north that controlled all the north. And there was a major city of the south that controlled all the power of the south. That was Jericho. The first thing that God brings them to is Jericho. So he brings them to this Jericho. It's not penetrable. It's not conquerable by anything they have. They don't have any weapon that would touch these people. And so he brings them to Jericho. This is their first shot. They cross. I mean, they, they conquered the people on the other side, okay, Am, Ammon and, and uh, Moab, was it? They conquered on the other side. So they come across. The water dries up, by the way, stacks up at the thing. While they, I thought that was big, you know, like there's a God. You know, once in a while I tell God, we need to see the water stack up. I wouldn't mind seeing the water stack up. And they go across and they camp. And now, God fights a psychological warfare. The campfires of the Israel, I've been there, and, I, and it, I, I can see three miles, flatland. You could see all of the Israelites in their camps. Everybody had a fire. So imagine at night, people up on the wall of Jericho looking at the, the endless amount of fires, the whole, the whole area would be solid campfires. Solid. You know, they heard about these people. They heard that God drowned the Egyptians. They heard that they came out of the greatest, strongest, smartest nation in the world. That rumor had already reached, and we know from Rahab. So here... How's God going to take this place? Is it beyond what you would have ever thought? It is me. I would have never, ever, ever given me a million guesses. I would have never guessed that he would have had to march around the city, not saying a word, by the way. Nobody could talk. They just get their weapons. They get all their stuff. They march, they march around the city. They go back to camp. Now, the people of Jericho get ready to fight. They get on the wall. They get everything going. Their adrenaline's up. They're marching around. They leave. What's this? The second day, they leave. They don't say anything. They don't yell. They don't. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. By this time, they're going nuts. They've watched fake news now for six days in a row. <laughs> and they, they're out of their mind. What is going on? But it gets better. The seventh day, they march around seven times. Now, they march around that. Remember, now they've seen six times march around and go back. Now they see them march around, but they don't go back. Wait a minute, they're not going back. They see them march around again. Wait, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time. At, six, at the seventh time, the, the trumpet blares and all of them, at the top of their voice, yell. And a mighty earthquake happened. The walls fall. 
and every man goes forward into the city. Well, first of all, anybody on the wall would have been out, right? How it worked out. The walls fell, made the city vulnerable. They went in. But you know what? I got a feeling that even the strongest soldier of them was so full of fear, his knees were shaken, and he had no strength to fight back because he was, they call it psychological warfare. Now, we fight psychological warfare also. And it makes people so messed up they can't fight. They don't think right. He got them, he got them totally messed up. So why, and I got one minute, why did God do that? It wasn't for the people of Jericho. It was for the people of God. He says, I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to fight for you, ahead of you, where you don't even know I'm at, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I take courage in that. It's in the Bible. And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for instruction, in righteousness. It's profitable to help me. So I look back at this and I go, God, help me to not question what you're doing, how you're doing it, but to trust you for it. That somehow you're doing your will. And ultimately... It's going to be to your glory. And I don't see how. And you would have never guessed, and I know Joshua would have never guessed what went on there uh, at that city. Now, next week we're going to talk about Rahab because she deserves a little conversation. God doesn't, he chooses some strange people that I wouldn't choose and you wouldn't choose. You know, I, I, my, I, I got to quit. I got to quit. But there we go back in my lineage and look. I tell people, don't go back in my lineage and look. All there is is a bunch of junkyard dogs. We got no royalty. You know, we got blacks. We got Spanish. We got Indians. I'm part Cherokee. I'm part black. I'm part, I'm part blue. I'm part red. I'm, I said, don't go back. But that's, what, that's the kind of people God will use sometimes. Like Rahab. Oh, what's the nickname for Rahab? The harlot. She never got over it. I mean, she got over that, but the reputation followed her. But that's who God will use if you submit to God. There's hope for even the harlots if they'll trust God. Even this Jericho harlot, when she believed God, God delivered. How much more will he deliver his people? Father, help us. Thank you for a few minutes together. Give us wisdom. Be with our president, vice president, people, legal team, and all they're doing. Father, do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.